This is a brand new series, so we're starting a new series today called Endurance Test. <laughs> this is about as timely as I think it could be. I didn't realize when we announced the series that we were going to be like, oh yeah, now this is a, this is, I heard one pastor describe this as a triathlon. You know what I mean? It feels like a triathlon. You get out of the water and they've handed you a bike and you're like, wait, what just happened? What just happened? And that's what we're doing right now. So the word, though, that God gave to me this fall, or earlier during the pandemic, a word God gave me was the word abide, that we need to abide in him. But the word that God has given me this fall was just this word endure, that as the church, we need to endure. And here's why we need to endure. Because most of our people aren't even here. For us to even really call this church is really, really difficult, okay? Let me just explain it this way. Gathering online is not church. Gathering online is not church because the church is the gathering of God's people. It's, it's about coming together as God's people. So I'm so proud of our people who are persevering right now, who are enduring in faith right now are going, well, this isn't ideal. This isn't really what church is, but this is what I'm going to do. Then we gather in here. <laughs> this, by the way, if you're new, this isn't church. As the church was intended, you're like, well, wait a minute, Brad, but we're gathered. We're, we're no, this is not church. Because the church is the gathering of the people. Like, you, you walk through the doors, and you have to have a mask on. you got to sing through a mask. How many of you love and singing through the mask? I'm not loving singing through the mask. But there I am on the front row with my wife singing through the mask. I don't like sitting six feet apart. You don't get to sit with your friends or you got to sit this way and do this. The church, we, we, we should be together. In fact, those of you who have been coming a long time, you know I always push everybody together. I always push. And, now, and, and trying to get people to turn and say hi to one another and talk to each other. I can't, it's hard to do that because it's, it's not the church. It's not, it's not ideal because the church is this, especially for all of us. We're all touchy-feely. I'm not touchy-feely. I don't know how I got to be the pastor of this church, but we're a touchy-feely church. Can we all just acknowledge how frustrating this is, how difficult this is? And I think we've got to endure. We, we, and and I, I would just tell you this, wherever you go and with whatever you do, two things to remember, respect and honor. Respect people, honor them. Paul says this, I'm all things to all people. Paul says, you may not think it's sin, if it's sin to someone else, don't do it. In other words, what Paul is saying is like, you may not want to wear a mask, but if, but if they want to wear a mask and you're around them, put a mask on. Everywhere I go, no matter, I mean, I was helping Aunt Mary move yesterday, and I was with some people from a church in Missouri, and I said, hey, do you want, would you prefer I put on a mask? And they're like, no, we're, we're good, and we weren't spending a lot of time together. And, but I just try to be respectful and honor everyone. But what I'm trying to get said here is, if this doesn't feel right, it's because this is not how the church is supposed to be. But we're going to talk about the early church and what they were dealing with and the struggles that they had. So it's this idea of enduring, and we're going to talk about endurance and how do we persevere through that. And the scripture that we're going to kind of weave through this series is Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, he said there's, there's three things that endure, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is, is love. And he says, so if you want to endure, it takes these three things. So these three things are going to help you to make it through this mess that we all find ourselves in. you got to hold tightly to faith and to hope and to love. And I want to talk about faith today. I want to talk about faith to endure. So First Peter, 
If you are new to church and new to the scriptures, Peter was a disciple of Jesus. He was probably the lead disciple and um, a leader in the early church. He wrote this letter about 30 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus, and the church was just now, so they'd been undergoing persecution. Listen to this. They'd been undergoing severe persecution in the early days of the church, kind of ramped down a little bit, and now Rome is starting to persecute them. Does it sound familiar? It's kind of like, kind of like the pandemic was crazy, and then, and then oh, now here it comes again. And so this is 30 years later. Rome is now starting to persecute the church, and if you know anything about history, you know how brutal that was on them. So Peter is trying to encourage them. That's what this letter is about. So go to uh, verse 6. I'm just going to read a couple verses here. Peter says this, so be truly glad. Wait, what? <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. There is wonderful joy ahead. Yeah, okay. Can you just hear, I mean, you just reading this. They, like, they read these letters in church, by the way. They gather in church. They do, oh, we got a letter from Peter, everybody. Let's read the letter. So be truly glad. Hey, let's scratch that and let's not say that to the 930 gathering, okay? Let's just not go there. Wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials are going to show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far from far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, wow, ouch, not just one, but there are many trials. This will not be the last of your trials, by the way. <laughs> Anybody who's a little bit older, you, you can say amen to that. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you uh, much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Let's talk about faith to endure. Father, we need this right now. We just need help. We need you to strengthen us and encourage us. So thank you for Peter. Thank you for this strong letter and help us, help us to grow together in Jesus' name. And everybody through their mask said? All right, that's good. So if I can hear you through your mask, you are not wearing the correct kind of mask. Just kidding. I, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't even know what correct mask is, just uh, whatever that is. I Here's the thing, 2020, <laughs> 2020 has felt like one of those long extended road trips you went on with your parents when you were a kid. Any of you remember those when you're just looking out the window and you're just like, how much further? How much further? I, I remember as, as a kid, we would go on these extended road trips and we had... Uh, a country squire station wagon. If you've seen Christmas Vacation, you've seen the station wagon that I grew up in. This thing had vinyl seats. If you've never sat on vinyl seats, so we would get on these vinyl seats in the middle of summer and sit on them for like seven hours because, you know, my dad would never stop. So we'd sit on them. Then when you get up to, to, to get out of the car, anybody remember that in a hot summer? Yeah, ha, 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 woo, shake it off. Three layers of skin just left right there. Oh, look, we have leather interior now, Dad. Oh, man, we had the, the seat in the back that popped out. Oh, don't nod, don't say yes, that just means you're old, okay? Because you, you know that seat, and you could sit in the back, so we're driving this way, but we're facing this way, and we would just, truckers would come up, and you do this. Anybody? Yeah, some of y'all need to teach your kids this back in the day. Get those truckers to, to honk. And we had no electronics, so there was, there, I mean, there's no social media. There's no iPhone. There's no internet. Uh, I, I had a coloring book. 
not making that up. That's what I had, a coloring book. And, and when I finished with the color book, I'd say, now what do I do? And mom would say, look out the window. Play the alphabet game. Then you'd get tired and uh, you would lay down on the floorboard, but that was really uncomfortable because it had the big hump in the middle. So I'd lay a pillow on this side, I'd lay a blanket on this side. I mean, nobody's wearing seatbelts back in that day. We were cutting them out. I mean, that's what dad would do. We don't need these things, you know. Because the country squire was like driving a tank. It was. It was like, you're not, you're not going to get hurt in that thing. I mean, it was just so miserable. There was no Love's truck stop. There was no stopping for a, a subway at the Love's and getting a snack and clean bathrooms. It was a rest stop with a concrete picnic table and a porta potty. That was it. And I, I think that's how we're all feeling right now. We're, we're just frustrated. We're wondering how much further. I had, do you remember back in March binge watching all your shows and now you're thinking if they have another lockdown, you, uh, you are regretting that. Are you not? You're like, I have nothing left to watch. Kids were in school. Now some of them are out of school. We don't know when they're going to go back to school. Your work. Oh my goodness. If I see another person go down because they were around somebody with this, not somebody who got it, but we have half of our worship team out, some of our production team is out, a staff member out simply because they were around someone. I mean, it is just, we're all wondering how much further. So here's the thing, I don't think it's just the virus that is spreading, I think it's something much more dangerous than the virus. I believe that the enemy is trying to spread is discouragement and doubt and complacency. And the place he's starting is here in the church. He's starting in the church, and he's trying to get us against each other, first of all, to get us playing against each other. He's always tried to do that. He's trying to get us frustrated, down, and discouraged because he knows, like, he knows the church is the hope of the world. You and I are the hope of the world. Turn to somebody and say, you are the hope. You are the hope of the world. Not, not this building, not this preacher, all of us. We're it, okay? We are the rescue party. And the enemy knows that, and he knows if I can get you discouraged, if I can get you complacent, if I can get you doubting, then I, can, I don't even have to worry about the world. So here Peter writes this letter. And what, when he writes this letter, remember this. So Peter writes this letter knowing that the devil lost at the cross. Come on, somebody. That's some good news right there. The devil lost at the cross. But do you think he stopped at the cross? No, he has not stopped. He's like, okay, I lost there. I couldn't take Jesus down, but I'm going to take his church down. I'm going to take his people down. He's been doing this for 2,000 years. So Peter knows this, and Peter's been through it himself, and so he writes this letter to the church that is being persecuted because the enemy is trying to take down the church early in the early days, and Peter writes this letter and encourages them to endure. Look with me at verse 6, and we're going to say some of this together, and we're going to encourage one another here for a moment. He says this. Say it with me. What? So be truly glad. Turn to somebody and say, turn that frown around. Turn that frown around. Be truly Truly glad. There is what? Say it with me. Wonderful joy ahead. Come on, turn back and say, there's better days coming. There's better days. There are better. There, there better be better days coming. Even though you must what? You must, in, you must endure. Turn to somebody, tell them, keep moving. Keep moving. You got to endure many trials. Oh, for what? Oh, this is hard. Come on, for a little 
while. So here's the early church. I described this a moment ago. They're undergoing many, many trials, many, many tribulations, and many, many struggles. Um, they're being persecuted, and I, I would not put what's happening today in uh, our world against anything that they were facing, but when it comes to many trials, can we not relate to that? I mean, I think we can all relate to many trials. I mean, we have in endured through a pandemic. We're enduring through an election that seems to maybe have no end. We're continuing to endure through racial unrest. We're having to endure. And then Peter comes in and he says, oh, it's just going to be for just a little while. Anybody remember back in March? Anybody remember back in March where we said, oh, it's just going to be just a, a little while? <laughs> we thought two weeks. We'll lock down for two weeks. We'll all be good. And then we're like, Easter. We're all going to come back for Easter. We're going to have Easter services together. The girls are going to put on their little cute little Easter dresses. It's going to be fabulous. We're going to get together for Easter. Easter came and went. Summer, summer. Once the summer comes, it's going to burn off that virus. I just know it is. It's going to burn it off. Now here we are in the fall, and we're wondering, okay, Peter, how, how long is a little while? Peter's a man who endured. This is a guy who knows. He was arrested. He was beaten. Uh, he, he lost his, his so many, he lost so many things in his life because of the cause of Christ. And now, here he is 30 years later. 30 years later, this man is still enduring, and he comes to the church. He writes a letter to the church, and he says, be very glad. I, I don't think this is how most people feel about 2020. Do you? I think most people feel like this T-shirt here. It's more like a dumpster fire, right? 2020, nothing but a dumpster fire. I mean, that's what we want. I, I just want 2020 to go away. I, I, I can't wait. It's been a waste of time. It has been a wasted season. Ain't nothing good going to come of it. And, and, and I just bring on 2021. Now some people are like, well, maybe bring on 2022. I don't know. But, they're, they're, I mean, that's how most people feel. But, but Peter... Peter encourages, us, encourages the church here in this letter, and then he's encouraging us as followers of Jesus to look at the trials that we are under through a different lens and perspective. Like when you look at 2020, how do you view it? Write this down. Do, do I see Christ in my crisis? Do I see Christ in my crisis? I, can I just, I, I can't speak for you, but I can tell you for me. I know you think, man, as a pastor, it's just been smooth sailing. This, this has been the most exhausting season of 20 years of ministry for me. I've never been more exhausted, and I've helped to plant two churches and, and, and restore another, and, and, I'm just, I, and this has wiped me out more than anything. Because every pastor I talk to, we never thought that this would look like this. We never, we never thought that most of our congregation for up to a year would never see each other. And, and, and how, do we, how do we keep people connected when they can't be connected? And how, how, do we, how do we, when people are spread out, when we're talking into a camera and trying to keep people encouraged and hoping that people will be able to person, it, it has been difficult. I talk to pastors and pastors are discouraged. And then you put on top of that, for me personally, the, the loss, the, the loss in our family that we experienced when Laura's uh, stepdad passed away earlier this year, just a couple of months ago, actually. And it's been discouraging. But I want to tell you this, I don't want 2020 to come back. 
But I also don't want God to take away everything that he's put in me in 2020. I don't want to relive it, but I don't want it to be taken away either because in 2020, I determined and I said to myself, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look for the good. I'm going to focus on God, and I'm going to abide in Christ, and I'm going to draw close to Christ, and I'm going to see where that gets me. And can I tell you, this is crazy. I've been following Jesus for over 30 years, and I I was like, I'm not sure. I I know I'm going to grow. I know I'm going to keep growing, but this year has been growth on steroids for me. I have grown more this year than I have in 30 years of following Jesus. I didn't think that was possible. But I, I have drawn so close to him through prayer, through fasting. His word has been come alive to me in ways that I never could have envisioned, in ways in which that God has been able to use me and the things that are happening and just my faith that has risen up in me. I'm just like, wow, it's amazing. And I know for some of you, that is how you would describe 2020. You describe it just like that. Man, your passion for Jesus, off the chain. Your, your love for him, off the chain. When you read the word, you're like, Brad, the word has come alive like it's never been before. My, my, my prayer life, unbelievable. You come into the house of God, like you, you're like, I can't wait to get here. I don't care about masks. I don't care about social distancing. I don't care about any of that stuff. I want to be in the house. I want to be somewhat around God's people, and I want to press in because I'm leaning in because I want to know what has God got for me today, and that's you. But for some of you, you're like, I can't see Christ in my crisis. I don't see Christ anywhere in 2020. I mean, I don't really have any passion. I mean, gosh, Brad, to be honest with you, like, I don't really, I come every once in a while when it's not that I'm just discouraged. And I mean, and even when I'm gone, I'm not... I know I probably, I should maybe watch online, but I just, I don't know. I don't have any drive in me to, to want, I don't have any want to in me. And then, and, and the word, I'm like, I'm trying to, I, I don't remember the last time I, I, I don't think I've really prayed much or read the word in, in 2020. I mean, this is, this is where some of us are. Where are you at? What, is, what has 2020 been like for you? I want you to think about this. What has been the most difficult challenge to your faith in 2020? What has been the most difficult thing for you in 2020? I, I want you just for a moment, if you would, I want you to share with somebody next to you for just a moment, just share with them. Here's, here's kind of been my thing that's been difficult for me in 2020. Just take a moment, just share that. So here's why I have you do that. Because I want you to know you're not alone. We all get discouraged. We all have struggles. We all have things that are, are difficult for us. And, and, and we've got to persevere together. We've got to endure together. So Peter here, he doesn't, what I love about Peter, he's not denying hardship. He's not, I mean, the guy's been, been through it himself. But he says this is an opportunity for faith to grow. It's an opportunity for our faith to be strengthened. Look at, look at verse 7. He says this, trials are going to show that your faith, trials will show that your faith is genuine. Say this with me, what? It is being tested. Oh, it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. Nothing is more valuable than your faith. Nothing. I've seen good friends lose their jobs you can get another job. Nothing is more valuable than your faith. I've seen people lose their spouses. 
I've seen friends lose parents to COVID. One of my good friends just lost his wife to cancer just a few weeks ago. Is family important? Is it valuable? It's still not more valuable than your faith. Nothing is more valuable than your soul. Your education isn't. Your 401K isn't. None of those things. Nothing is more valuable than your faith. Write this down. You've got to fight for your faith. You've got to fight for your faith. Like there, there is no victory without a battle. Like you, you got to fight. Like this is the thing. Whenever we preach about faith, we're just like, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, just gonna get it. Like it's gonna be like glitter. It's gonna run under it. I got it. I got faith. I'm moving out. And I sang a song about faith. And you ever sang a song about faith? Like you're listening to like Elevation Worship or you're listening to Hillsong and, and you're like, oh, yes, Lord. Whoa, faith is rising up. And then the song ends and you're like, whoo, where'd it go? <laughs> where'd it go? Because I had it three minutes ago. You got to fight for your faith. Peter says, faith is tested by fire. It's unpleasant, it's painful, but what fire does is it brings the impurities to the surface. So this is what God will do. He will allow adversity and trials to come because he's trying to get the, the impurities to the surface because he wants to remove those impurities. Listen, he wants, let me say it this way, he wants to get the ugly out. He wants to get the ugly out, and there is a lot of ugly right now, is there not? There is a lot of ugly happening in our world right now. I, I was talking to a barista at one of my favorite coffee shops, and they were telling me about a customer who came in, got ticked off, so angry about putting on their mask that this woman, this, this woman stormed out and spit on the door. Hello. Listen, is what. I hope if you don't like my sermon today, you will not spit on the door on your way out. There's a, there's a lot of ugly that's, that's happening right now. And when we, when we hear this, we say, man, why are, why are people acting this way? If you, that's a question I think we all ask. Why, why are people acting like this? And this is because pressure is a great revealer. Pressure is a great revealer. In, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said it this way, bad tree, bad fruit. Good tree, good fruit. Like when you get squeezed, what's in you is going to come out. How you respond when you're under pressure. Think about uh, the pressure that you have been under and how you've been responding at work, with your family, on social media. It's revealing what's in your heart. If you're like, oh, no, I'm, not, I'm just not, I'm just, just got mad. No, no, that's a revealer. That's God, that's God putting you under pressure and something's coming out of you and you should pause in that moment and go, whoa, wait a second, that's some ugly. That's turn to somebody and say, you got some ugly in you. You got some ugly in you. We all have ugly in us and God is trying to reveal that because he wants to get it out of your life, but that's a fight. You've got to fight for your faith. I think in 2020, all of us have come face to face with the genuineness of our faith. That is what I have loved about 2020, is it has shown where all of us are at and, and what we're dealing with. So Peter here, uh, he is, he's talking from experience. 
He's talking from experience because he and the disciples had been put through the fire, trial, trial by fire. And they had been tested. And this happened during Jesus' arrest right before, his, uh, before he went to the cross. And Jesus, Jesus actually warned them, warned all the disciples that, that this was going to happen, that there was a testing coming. In Luke twenty two thirty one, 31, this is what Jesus said to his, to his disciples. He says, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. But what? Say it with me. I have pleaded in prayer for you. I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon. Now, Simon, by the way, his name also Peter, so he's talking to Peter here. I have, I have pleaded in prayer for you, Peter, that what? Your faith should not fail. See, Satan's plan was to destroy the disciples. He's like, I'm going to take out the church before it even starts. But God's plan here was to strengthen the church. And they, and, and they, they were sifted. Jesus, he, when they came and they arrested him, the disciples all bolted. They took off. When, when he was on trial, when he went to his trial, that Peter is in the, in the courtyard and he sees Jesus off at a distance and they start questioning Peter. Hey, aren't you one of his guys? Ain't you one of his homeboys? And he's like, no, 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 because Peter is saying no. Good on Peter, by the way. Bad on Peter, good on Peter, because what he knows is if I say yes, they're going to arrest me and they're probably going to kill me too. And so he's going through this, but I love that Jesus said this. Jesus said, I am praying that your faith would not fail. Jesus right now is praying for you that your faith will not fail in this season. Paul talked about it in the book of Romans. He says he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, Father, pleading on our behalf. Right now he is pleading for you that you will not fail in this season. What I love is Satan's plan failed. Failed miserably, failed at the cross, failed with Peter, failed with the, the, the disciples. I mean, think about this, that the sifting that took place actually strengthened them. Peter goes on to become the rock, and here he is 30 years later still trucking along. I know when we hear this, we're like, wait, God let the, the Satan sift him? God let Satan in? I don't, that's, that's disturbing. Understand this. Every trial is not a sifting, okay? Every trial you go through is not a sifting. So don't think every bad thing that happens, oh, God's let Satan sift me. No, 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 no. But there are seasons where God looks at you and he says, I need to strengthen that one. 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 So I'm going I'm to let it play out. Because here's what he knows. If you'll lean into him, if you'll trust in him in those seasons, that sifting will actually strengthen you. I mean, Peter went on to become the rock. He was the original rock. I mean, this, is, this is Peter 30 years later. I, I love to, um, I love coffee. Um, I'm not a, a Keurig person because, you know, Keurig in the Greek means awful cup of coffee. I'm a purist. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm totally into coffee. You guys all know that. I love coffee. I roast my own coffee now. Um, I'm a coffee snob and proud of it. And uh, if you ever want some, I will gladly give you some of my coffee, and you'll be like, wow, I'm throwing my Keurig away in Jesus' name. So 
But when you, you may not know this about coffee. I honestly, for years, never even knew where coffee comes. You know, some things you just do and you don't know where they come from. If you don't know the, about coffee, coffee is actually from a, a cherry bean. It's an actual bean that uh, has to be roasted. It has to be, you, you have to burn the bean. Because if you don't burn the bean, it's not rich and it's not full. It'll, it'll just be, it won't be anything. It has to go through this burning process where it becomes rich and it becomes full. And when you get the bean to a certain uh, level of heat, it will pop like popcorn does. And this chaff will it'll pop off and it'll float away. And that's when you know the bean is ready. This is what God is trying to say to his church. Listen, there is no strength without fire. Your faith will be tested through fire. Why? So he can burn off the things that are slowing you down. So he can burn off those impurities because he wants your life to be rich and he wants it to be full. And I believe in 2020, Satan has asked permission to sift the church. I've been thinking that for probably six or seven months. About a month into the pandemic, I started thinking about that. But I never said it publicly because I wanted to be certain. And as I've just prayed about it, as I've talked to other pastors and I talked to my coach and they're all like, oh yeah, it's definitely what's happening right now. Satan has asked permission to sift the church because he wants to take you down, because he wants to destroy you. But God is saying, I want to use this to strengthen you. I want to use this to build up your faith. I want to invite our our worship team to come. And as we are in this season, I want you to remember this, and you write this down. Five-minute faith won't get it done. Five-minute faith won't get it done. If you want to persevere, if you want to endure to the end, if if you want to come out the other side of this pandemic and be a better mom, a better dad, a better husband, a better wife, a better friend, a a, a better coworker, a better student, a a better person, a, a better person in Christ, if you want to see your life stronger on the other side of this, five minute faith is not going to get it done. We're going to come through the other side of this, and some people are just going to check out on their faith. And they're like, uh, why? Because their faith was not strong, and they were unable to endure, and they walked away. Others are just becoming complacent. They're just like, eh, you know, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm, I've, I've, I've heard people, that good people, good people in our church body who said, you know, I'm just going to wait until masks are off and, and uh, seats are back together and, that's when I'm gonna. That's when I'm gonna come back. Like so, you watching online? No, man, I'm not watching. That. I'll just, I'll just catch it when we get it. Five minute faith ain't gonna get it done. So, what is it you need to do to endure in faith? I'm gonna give you three things. These are revolutionary. They're gonna blow you away. You're gonna be like, wow, I'm so glad I came to church today. Okay, you want to endure in faith? Here's number one. Be in the Word. <laughs> be in the Scriptures. Be in the Word of God every day. Whoa, Brad. Huh. 
So glad I came today. Wow. You, my friend, are an amazing pastor. I'm going to say that and keep saying that until we all start reading our Bibles. You, you, you got to bury your face in the Word of God. Listen, we have, a, we have a daily devotion that we send out. If you got an email today, you got an email today, and it told you in that email the, the daily devotion that we're in. Church-wide, we're going to be going through one this week on, on faith. Last week, we were in one on, on holiness. And all together, we're working through this. What I love is so many of our groups right now, they're, they're grouping up, and, and a lot of men are going through these Bible plans together. A lot of ladies are going through this Bible plan together. And if your group's not doing that, I encourage you to do that. I've got some guys that I go through it with. And, and just be in the Word of God, because that's what's going to strengthen you, is when you are in the Word enduring through the word, okay? So that's the first one. The second one is pray. Woo, these are good. I, I, I see some of you not even writing them down because you're like, I got it, I got it. I totally understand it. Some of you are like, why am I writing this down? I don't even know why I'm writing this down. Okay, he said, read the Bible and pray. Okay, next thing he's gonna say is go to church. Number three, go to church. Persevere. Why? Because you need God's people. You shouldn't be in isolation right now. The worst thing for you is to be in isolation away from people. I, I can tell you right now, those who are in isolation, those who are not around the body of Christ, those who are not interacting with people that are followers of Jesus, they are the ones that are going to get picked off by the enemy, and they're not going to make it. These are three simple things. I know they're so basic, but we got to get back to the simplicity of what the gospel is and, what, and grow in our relationship with Jesus. Not out of duty, but as I said a few weeks ago, out of relationship. I, I do this out of relationship. Like, man, I want to be in relationship with Jesus. That's why I'm in the Word. I'm going to be a, a man and a woman committed to prayer. If we, man, we need to be, that's why we're doing our Friday fast. That's why we're continuing our Friday fast. Can I, can I say this? I thought fasting was kind of extreme and we, nobody, nobody really fasts anymore. And then I started learning the early church, Peter and the disciples and, and the early church, they fasted every Wednesday and Friday. They just did it. Every Wednesday and Friday, they fasted. That's what the early church, and they, did, they did that for hundreds of years. They never had to explain what fasting was. They never really had to talk about it. It's just what they did. Because in the times and seasons where, especially when you're going through a difficult time, when you fast, there is a closeness and a richness that you experience with Christ. So I want to encourage you. There's going to be some Sundays where you're like, maybe not comfortable being here. There might be some Sundays where you're not feeling well or you, or you have to isolate. You know, like we have so many people right now in our congregation right now that aren't here today simply because they were exposed to somebody with COVID. Persevere online. It's not really church. I'm just telling you, it's not really church. But it's a way to stay connected with the mission of where God is leading us as a church. It's, it's a way to stay moving forward and to be disciplined in your life with Christ. So in the second half of verse 7, Peter says this, When your faith remains strong through many trials. When your faith remains strong through many trials. It will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. There is coming a day, people, when the humbled will be exalted. 
There is coming a day with, listen, some of you have a crisis on top of a crisis. There, and you have been knocked down, and you have been left bloody and bleeding and wounded. And Jesus says to you, there is coming a day when I will lift you up, and you will be honored because you will be with me. But until that day, endure in faith. Endure in faith.